Thanks, George. Now, I have a quiz question for you. There are 600,000 of them. We know about 40,000, and we use about 20,000. What am I talking about? Any ideas? <laughs> I'm talking about words, and that's only in the English, English language. The Oxford English Dictionary has about 600,000 words. The average adult knows about 40,000, and we only use about 20,000 words to speak and write. I'm sure that most of us enjoy a good TV quiz. Maybe you dream of defeating the beast on the chase, or perhaps you enjoy uh, giving pointless answers, or some would choose the more classic challenge of countdown. In the early 2000s, one of the most popular TV quizzes was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? A series of 15 questions would lead you to that amazing prize. And on the way, you could phone a friend, you could ask the audience, or go 50-50. Henry II, three words that made Judith Keppel the first UK millionaire winner in the year 2000. Pegasus, 11, one-word answers that caused two contestants to lose the joint biggest amount of 218,000 on the same quiz show. Words which had very different outcomes. God has created us as relational people to communicate with one another and with Him. Words can have massive impacts. We use them all the time. And the Bible, God's own word, has a lot to say about how we use our words. In fact, our words are so important that Proverbs 18:21 tells us that the tongue has the power of life and death. Tonight, I want us to look at what two books of the Bible teach us about how we speak. The books of Proverbs in uh, the Old Testament and James in the New Testament. So here's the plan so that you know where we're going. The first thing we want to look at is why our words are important. Alex, you just fire that one up. Why our words are important. Secondly, words used well versus dangerous words. And then we're going to get practical and think about how to get control of our words, modern words, and perfect words. So let's start with why words are important. And I would ask you to turn in your Bibles to the book of James. The verses will be on the screen as well, but we're going to read two, two, words, or two verses from James chapter 1, uh, verse 19. Why words are important. James 1, 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And then if you turn over to chapter 3, We'll read from verse 1, James chapter 3, verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses, 
so that they obey us. We guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire or a small spark, as it says in other versions. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea can sorry, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. In chapter 3, James uses three examples to show us the power of the tongue. A bit in the mouth of a horse, a rudder on a ship, and a spark that sets a forest on fire. All of these are small, and they appear to be insignificant, but they have an astonishing impact with their hidden power. Used well, the bit and rudder are essential parts to provide control and direction to the horse and to the ship. Likewise, the tongue can be a power for great good, but it is easily misused and can make great boasts. A Japanese saying states, the tongue is but three inches long, but can kill a man six foot high. The tongue is powerful, but it is also a corrupting energy. The tongue not only impacts others, but it also corrupts the individual and those close to them. It's described as a fire staining the whole body setting on fire the entire course of life. A small spark will cause the whole forest to go up in flames. We can all think of uh, news stories in recent years of forest fires, fires in California, Australia, even our own Mourn Mountains. All of these would have started with a small fire, but the damage was massive and the areas may never fully recover to what they were before. I'm sure we can also think of the names of groups where metaphorical fires have occurred, names of local churches, names of families that have been severely affected by a small spark, the scars of which will never fully disappear from those impacted by the subsequent fires. The tongue is very stubborn and resistant to being tamed. Every animal on land, in the air, or the sea has been tamed by man, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. And the fourth thing about the tongue is that it can be hypocritical. 
blessing God one minute and then cursing people the next, people who are made in God's image. Figs growing on grapevines is not a natural thing. It's not right that the fruits of blessing and cursing come from the same tongue. And James says, brothers, it shouldn't be like this. God commands us to be righteous, but our tongues are often a world of unrighteousness, which is complete disobedience to God's will. We will be judged for our words. Verse 1 teaches that teachers will be judged more strictly for their words. And James 5 verse 9 reminds us that we will all be judged by God. So our words are important because they are powerful for good and bad. They can corrupt. They are difficult to control. They are often hypocritical, and we will be judged for our words. James was the brother of Jesus, and he knew the impact of his words. In the Gospel of Mark chapter 3, Jesus' brothers are recorded as saying Jesus was out of his mind. Thankfully, James came to realize who his older brother was, and his book starts with these words, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a transformation had taken place in his heart. James knew from his own personal experience how important his instruction was when he said, every person should be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And we all need to heed his instructions. Now, if we go to the the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, almost every chapter of Proverbs um, has a reference to speech. Now, you'll not be able to to look these up. Um, On on this slide, I will summarize some of the key points um, of using words well, first of all, and you can maybe use uh, these for your own study. The first thing is words of wisdom and understanding from God. Proverbs 2, verse 2, teaches us that we are to call out for wisdom and understanding. In in chapter 4, verse 4, it says, we need to take hold of words of wisdom and keep commands. God is the source of our wisdom and understanding, and we must start by listening to his words if we are to use them well. And then our words should have the following characteristics. And these, again, this is just a list um, that you can have a look at in your own time. Our words should be true and just, nourishing, healing, prudent and wise. We will unpack this in a, in a wee minute. Gentle and gracious, timely and apt, for this will bring joy, it says. We should also use words to confess our sins because you will find mercy. And then in chapter 31, it tells us to use our words to defend others. It says they speak up for those who cannot speak up for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. So let's unpack uh, some of the teaching about wise words. Almost uh, 30 years ago, 
Uh, BT launched a campaign with the slogan, It's Good to Talk. It was a very successful uh, piece of advertising. And in many ways, it is good to talk. Good relationships are absolutely vital in life's journey. Being able to express our joys and worries are so important, uh, particularly for our mental health. On the other hand, wise words are sometimes few words. The slogan, it's good to be prudent and restrained with words, doesn't make a good advert, but it's good advice. Proverbs teaches that he who holds his tongue is wise. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. Sometimes it's better not to say anything. Each Wednesday, I get the opportunity uh, to go to theater with one of my consultants, and she loves to quiz, or maybe it's grill, um, the junior dentist who is with us. And at times, I do know the answers, uh, but quite often, to my shame, I don't uh, know anything about the topic. And this is when I put into practice Proverbs 17, verse 28. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. So wise words are often few words. Wise words can also be secret words. A trustworthy man keeps a secret. Proverbs 11, verse 13. How good it is to have close friends who you can confide in. People who are there for you whenever you need them. People who will pray earnestly for you and who you know are utterly trustworthy. It's so important that we have people like this to open up to and work out life's setbacks and frustrations and also to celebrate life's joys with them. In certain circumstances, the words of a good friend need to be rebuking words rather than flattery. Proverbs 28, 23 says, whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. How lovely it is to spend time listening to the wise words, particularly from an older member of the church or an older relative. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, says Proverbs 10, verse 11. It's amazing to think that our words can bring life to others. So wise words are few words, secret words, rebuking words, and are a fountain of life. Words uh, can be used well in so many ways, but it is so easy to fall into dangerous words. And in Proverbs, the dangerous words are described like this, perverse and corrupt, lies, slander, gossip, reckless words which pierce like a sword, rash words which ruin people, harsh words, and boasting. We have just considered the qualities of a good friend. One of the greatest challenges to friendship is gossip because it stirs up conflict, it separates friends, and betrays confidence. How easy it is to share a juicy bit of news. Maybe we even camouflage it by saying it's a prayer point when clearly we are just gossiping. Gossip is all around us. 
from the school playground, the workplace, to our social media. We need to keep the sparks of gossip out of our lives and out of our church foyer and our times of fellowship. Proverbs 26, verse 20 tells us, without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. There is something uh, that all these dangerous words have in common. Once they are said, you can't get them back. One uh, Thursday evening, about a year ago, I did my normal routine of putting the recycling bin out. It was one of these stacked bins that you'll see on the screen, and it was pretty full. As the night went on, it was getting pretty stormy, and at about three o'clock, I heard a loud bang outside. Looking out the window, I realized the bins had been blown over. Throwing on a coat, I ran out, and the stuff was everywhere. Paper in the trees, yogurt pots and tin cans racing down the road. Irma laughed from the window as I tried in vain to gather things up and rescue the situation. But the damage was done, and the rubbish that had been inside our bins could not be retrieved. It's the same with our gossip, our lies, and our boasts. Whatever is inside us, once those pieces of rubbish are out, they aren't coming back. The damage is done to both ourselves and to those we hurt. And although we can on occasions find forgiveness, the scars that are left never truly fade. When I was younger, this advice was often given to me before saying anything, think, is it true? Is it kind? And is it necessary? Simple advice, but very profound and well worth following. So we thought about why words are important and how they can be used well and also dangerously. Now let's think about how to get control of our words. How do we minimize the danger words and maximize the positive ones? Well, the first stage is to admit defeat. If you remember back to James 3, we learned that no man can tame his tongue. We are unable to control, fully control what we say by ourselves. But does that mean the situation is hopeless? Well, the next thing to do once we've admitted defeat is to try and get help. Time and again, when the psalmist failed, he realized that his help came from the Lord. We need to pray earnestly to God for help and ask that we be sanctified and purified by the Holy Spirit. Moses and Isaiah realized their inability with words and their need of purification and provision from God. James not only teaches us the theory, but he tells us uh, to be practical and to take action. In chapter 1, verse 21, he says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which will save you. People are saved through the gospel. When we realize that we are sinners and need help, and we turn to God. The gospel is the good news that Jesus 
took the punishment of our sins on himself at the cross. He stood in our place so that we can be forgiven and go free. There is nothing that we can offer to save ourselves. We simply trust in Jesus and all that he has done for us. This is the wonderful news that is found in the Bible. And once we are saved from our sins and from God's holy wrath, God continues to work in us. He is progressively making us more like the Lord Jesus. To do this, God has given us the resource of his own word, the Bible. But as Christians, do we read it? Do we meditate on it? Do we discuss it and give priority to it and practice it? For most of us, and certainly for me at times, it is scandalous that we neglect the very resource that helps us in our walk as followers of Christ. Jesus taught that the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. What is in the heart, what is in my heart and in your hearts? What is on the inside? Is it God's word or is it the rubbish that we take in on a daily basis? Our willpower isn't enough. Just trying to speak wisely won't work. Our hearts need to be changed. It is God working through his powerful word that, we, that will enable us to conquer the tongue. Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. So as we realize the damage our speech can do and how offensive this is to God who calls us to be righteous, let each of us admit defeat, get help, and take action by dedicating ourselves to prayer and to reading God's word. These are the steps that will help us to think more deeply about what we say, maximizing the effectiveness of our words and minimizing the damage we do to our relationships. Modern words. When BT said uh, in the 1990s that it was good to talk, we did that by speaking face-to-face or on the phone. Now we can communicate in a whole range of ways. How we speak on social media is so important. Recently, I have been built up by the social media posts and podcasts that are published and shared by the Crescent, particularly some of the posts by CY. It's great that we can use platforms to share such good content. But a lot of us are guilty of getting involved Uh, maybe in a rant on Facebook or Twitter, or sharing an inappropriate joke on WhatsApp. We need to be careful because so many people are watching the effects, uh, so many people are watching and the effects can be long lasting. Words that are said to each other linger in the memory, but written comments and shared material will almost certainly last forever. When a friend of mine opened his own business, he immediately employed an IT expert hoping to delete inappropriate content from his university days, which appeared when you searched his name. 
How many careers have been jeopardized after an employer has searched a social media site to find out more about this potential employee? On the news, we regularly hear stories of sports stars and politicians and celebrities who have made racist or other terrible comments in the past. Years ago, I was a leader in a Crescent Youth Ministry just a few minutes away from here in the Lower Omo Road. It was called Rainbow Club. A young guy called James who attended uh, the club became a Christian, and some of you uh, will probably remember him. I was probably about 20 uh, when James got saved. And at that same time, some of my friends uh, played in a Christian band, and they played in various uh, venues around Belfast. I would often uh, go and listen to them. One night they happened to be playing just down here in Botanic Avenue in the Empire Music Hall. So I went along. I enjoyed the music, drank a Coke and went home. No damage was done. A few days later, I met James and his first words were, I saw you the other night in Botanic. Well, my heart sank. He then said, you were in the other place coffee shop. And I tell you, I was very relieved. The reason I'm telling you that story is to highlight the assumption that James could have made if he'd seen me walking out of the empire. He could have thought, Tony has a lifestyle of visiting bars around Belfast, so that's okay for me. And as a young Christian, that could have done serious damage to James's walk with God. Thankfully, that night was before the days of Instagram, when it would have been so easy to be tagged in a photo that is then shared with everyone. It really struck me that I can have a massive influence on other people, both my peers and those younger than me who are looking up to me. I want to encourage all of us to reflect on what we publish on social media. Just take a few moments to flick back through your Instagram posts or your forceful opinions that you've shared in Facebook comments or the bullying banter that you've had in a WhatsApp group. What does my feed say about me and my likes? Does it say that I follow Jesus? What is my story? Now, I don't want everyone to suddenly go home tonight and flood their social media with verses. My hope is that our modern words would be the overflow from hearts that are centered on Christ and his word, and that this would be backed up by what people find in our day-to-day -day lives. Remember that we have the words of either life or death. And the final uh, thing I want to look at tonight are perfect words. Jesus taught many wonderful things that are recorded in the Gospels. At the beginning of the Gospel of John, Jesus himself is called the Word. The Word who was God and who became flesh and dwelt among us. 
Just to finish, I want to look at some of the perfect words of Jesus, which reveal who he is and the hope that is only found in him. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus said these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. A few chapters later, Jesus is betrayed, falsely accused, and subjected to sham trials before the Jewish and Roman authorities, trials in which Jesus often chose to remain silent. At the cross, Jesus spoke to a hopeless criminal, a man who had called out to him for help, and Jesus replied with the words that only God could speak, today you will be with me in paradise, bringing eternal hope to this sinner's life. And he can do the same for you today. Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies about him by saying, I thirst. And he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? To reveal how deeply Jesus felt his abandonment by God as he bore the sins of mankind. Imagine how that felt for Jesus as his, as his father remained silent. We have sung about it earlier, how deep the father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss, the father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. God remained silent and did not intervene in order to bring many sons and daughters to glory. With a loud cry, Jesus said, it is finished, as the debt of sin was paid and the devil was defeated. Three days later, Jesus rose from the dead and over a period of weeks, he appeared and spoke to many people. Many believed that he is the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus' final words to his followers in the Gospel of Matthew are, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We are called to live for Jesus, and part of that is to control how we speak. We have a choice whether our speech will be wise, and in doing so, bring harmony to our family and friends, build up the church, share the truth of the gospel, and bring, God's, bring God glory. The danger is that our speech often focuses on bringing glory to ourselves. It shares lies, lies and not the truth. It brings disorder to the church, and it causes disharmony within our family and friendship groups. Words have the power of life and death. It will always be a struggle 
but by the Holy Spirit and through God's word, may we be empowered to speak well as we serve and follow Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for your word, for all that you teach us uh, through it. And we thank you for the wisdom that we find uh, in Proverbs and in the book of James to teach us how we should speak and how we should use our words wisely. Father, we realize that it is a constant battle uh, between using them for good and using them for bad. Help us uh, this week as we go uh, into work and into university and, and school um, and at home, Lord, help us to use our words to bring glory to you. We thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for uh, the words that he uttered uh, in, in the Gospels, Lord, that he declared that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And we thank you that on the cross he cried, it is finished, uh, because he had defeated death and he has brought us eternal hope. We give you thanks for him in Jesus' name. Amen.